Um, this month, you know, we are talking about the anatomy of new community. What makes new community beat, why we do what we do, this idea of together, engage, become, as that kind of summarizes our values and our hopes for our community. This is a nice stand, <laughs> just go with it. Um, two weeks ago, Kevin talked about the idea of together, and then next week, Russ is talking about the idea of becoming, and this week, I get to talk about this idea in the middle, which is called engage, and what that means and how we do it, and why it's important. And I am really excited to talk about this because I'm really passionate about it. I think it's critical. I think it's important for every single person to be engaged, no matter who you are or where you're from. So I've been looking forward to this until last night. Um, how many of you guys dream, like, and you wake up in the morning and you're like, I remember that dream. Did that happen? Is that real? Is there anybody like that? Okay, how many of you guys wake up and you can't remember a dream? Yeah, I'm so jealous <laughs> of all of you <laughs> because I will go through my days and sometimes I'm like, I'll start thinking about something or a conversation. I'm like, is that, did that happen? Is that real? I don't know. Well, last night I had a dream that I was speaking about this, which is gonna be great. And so I came quickly from my daughter's soccer game because she has a soccer game today actually right now. But in my dream, I was coming straight from it and I was rushed and we had this guest person who was sharing and it was kind of going long. And then by the time that I got up there, everybody just left right when I walked up. I was like, okay, this is great. And I was like, ah, and I looked over at Russ and I was like, Russ, what do I do? He's like, just keep talking. And I'm like, Russ, there's nobody to talk to. I was so mad. And then I was annoyed that I had to keep doing this talk and I like threw the microphone down. I was very angry in my dream, apparently. And then I had these notes and I couldn't find, like they were all out of order and they, I couldn't find the numbers. And then when I looked at them, they weren't even my notes. So all that said, you guys are here and I have my notes with numbers on them. So I feel like I'm winning already. This is gonna be great. But that's just a little side note. Um, before we also start, I wanna tell you one more thing. And I also, while I'm doing this, I'm gonna get a different stand because that's gonna drive me crazy. Um, so I'm going to be talking about engaging and engaging in the community and small groups and doing things. Um, but just for a little confession, when Brad and I, my husband is Brad, we've been married 16 years, I think, about. It's been great. Um, we started coming to New Community in about 2001, 2003. Thanks, Carl. So helpful. And when we first started coming, we... Um, did not engage into the community. So I'm telling you all this, living in both worlds. We spent a chunk of years, I'm not even gonna tell you how many years before we fully got into a small group and engaged and volunteering. We went years without, um, here's what we did. <laughs> we went a lot of years. We were involved in another small group with some people who we love and it was great and we were engaging in that way and it was really beautiful. We would show up on Sundays, we would sit in the pews we would take the things we'd like, and then we'd ignore the things we didn't like, and then we'd walk away, and then we said to ourselves, we've got enough community, we don't need any more. And here was the problem with 25-year-old Julie and Brad, is that that was all about us. We made church service an event, and just kind of a one-time-of-the-week thing, where we got to just come and take, and then go home and do what we wanted, and then come back and take, and if there's something we didn't like, we'd be like, oh... I don't really like that, but we wouldn't do anything about it. And then finally we said, okay, we actually should probably be engaged in this community that we are 
involved in and what does it look like to actually commit. And that's when we decided to join a small group and it has been fantastic. Um, I think a lot of times when we talk about joining a small group, we think, oh, it's really beautiful and fun and easy and great, and it's not, and it's not convenient. It's, we have experienced deep pain. Um, I have probably hurt others in it because we are living life with other people in it, and it's hard, um, but it's also really beautiful, and we've experienced deep richness because of it, and we've been challenged, and we've grown more in our faith through that experience than just about any other experience I've had as an adult. So. I say all these things as a preface to no matter where you're at in this journey, I'm not judging you, I've been there, but I hope today you can kind of get out of your comfort zone a little bit and feel a little bit uncomfortable. So welcome. Um, all right, so today we're gonna talk about, oh, let me also say this. If you are hurting and lonely right now, um, I'm gonna be talking about engaging and things like that. I'm not gonna give you a list of all these things that are gonna fix those. Or if you feel disconnected, you could do all these things I'm talking about today and still feel hurting, or you could still be hurting, you could still have needs, and I guarantee you will. Actually, this is not a solution to all of those things. This is not about that, it's about engaging into the community and engaging into our act of worship with the Lord. So, we're gonna look at the idea of engaging through three lenses. Engaging as an action, engaging as loving God, and engaging as a posture. And obviously these are all connected with just a slightly different emphasis, but we're gonna start with engage as an action. So, as with any good talk, we're gonna start by opening. What do you guys think? What do you think we're gonna open right now? Not the Bible, the internet, this is great. Um, yes, so I decided that I wanted to see what the internet said the definition of engage was. And it actually had a few different options. One of them was to occupy the attention or efforts of, or to occupy oneself, become involved. Having one's attention, this is, having one's attention or mind or energy engaged. I love it when they use the word that they're defining in the definition, that's no help whatsoever, but um, the one I love the most was from vocabulary.com, and it's worded kind of weird, but it says, used of two parts or gears, interlocked and interacting. And then the Cambridge English Dictionary said, to fit one part of a machine into another so they move together. I just think this is such a great way to define community. Picture a bike. How many cyclists are here? Okay, good. You can answer this question. What's the, um, Melanie, will you put that part on there? What's, what's that part called that the chain goes on, like the main part of the bike? Like the, the gear, I've seen, sprocket? Yeah, sprocket, thank you. I looked online, I know this sounds silly, but I was trying to figure it out and it was like gear, all these things. Anyways, sprocket. So picture the sprocket and you see how all, there's like all these teeths, teeths, teeth, teeth on it? We'll go with teeths today, guys. Um, this is when people start leaving and they're done and then my dream happens, this is awful. Okay, so there's all these teeth and the chain goes around it, right? And what happens when that chain is around it? Any pedal, the bike moves forward, right? I think this is what community is. We are, 
We are all these little teeth, and when one of those teeth don't work, how, how many of you guys have been on a bike when the chain falls off? What happens? You fall off. It doesn't really work, right? And it stops moving forward. That's the same with community. I would argue that we all are these little teeth, and when we don't do our part, our community is not performing as a whole, and we're not moving forward anymore. And when I talk about moving forward, what I mean as this community here is creating a space where all are loved, all are welcomed, just as they are, and all experience the face of Christ, just as you are. But if we are not engaging and doing that together and loving one another well, this does not happen. Um, this is because God is not just working in one of us. New community is about all of us. New community is not one person. It's not me. It's not Russ. It's not Michelle, who's an elder. It's all of us working together, and it's all of us as a part of a group. I'm doing my part up here right now, but this part is by far no more valuable than the parts that you are playing. It's just more visible, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so as you're sitting here thinking, like, I don't know what my part is, start by thinking this. In order for us to move forward, we all have to do this. We all have to interlock, interlock and interact in the community and do our parts. And when I even look into this group, I see so many different strengths and gifts. I see people who are passionate about mental health. I see people who are passionate about the homeless. I see people who are passionate about teens. I see people who are passionate about those who have been incarcerated. I see people who are passionate about photography. I see people who are passionate about health and people who are sick. I see people who have hearts just within this room that make up so much of the population. And we need every single one of them to be coming together and interlocking to do our part to create this whole community to move this bike forward. But that heart and passion, they don't make any difference if we're just stagnant and not willing to interlock with one another and engage as an action. If we work together, engage with one another, if we use our gifts to serve the kingdom, not just here, but wherever we are, we can move this forward. Because we, as a community, are one part of also, so I'm talking about two things right now. I'm talking about us as a new community, and then I'm also talking about new community being part of the kingdom, the larger community, right? So even as when we're here in this community, great, but church is not this building, it's, it's us. And so we want to be this community, we want to be this bike moving forward here and when we exit. And this is because when people, when people feel welcome to come, when I'm able to invite parents from my, or families from my kids' soccer team, or when you're in, able to invite people from work coming into this community, I know that they're going to be loved and welcomed just as they are. And when that happens, they get to experience the love of Christ. So this is why it is critical that we engage, because this only happens when we do our part. So, um, there are probably people sitting here who are thinking, hey, Julie, I don't I don't actually enjoy kids. I'm not going to go help in kids' ministry. Um, I don't know what my gifts are. But here's what I'm going to tell you. You are gifted, and you have something to offer this community, and you have something to offer this world. And I 100% believe that. 
in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, it says this. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one, by, by the one Spirit. To the, another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So pause for a second. I want you to actively look around this room right now. Do it awkwardly. Turn around. Look at the people around you. Thank you. Every single person here has been gifted. You are gifted. God has called you his child, and therefore you are his child. You, he has made you beautifully and wonderfully. He has made you with beautiful and unique gifts that he wants you to share with the world and to share with those around you. It's going to look different than the person sitting next to you, and I hope it does, actually. But no matter what it is, it is valuable and important. So my challenge to you is to give it. The scripture then goes on to say, for just as the body is one. Now, okay, you guys have all, how many of you guys have read this at least 1,700 times? Okay? I want you to read this with fresh eyes right now. And I want you to read this as you have looked around this room and you've looked around this community. And I want you to put new community into the scripture. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And guys, this is us. This is who we are in all of our perfection and imperfections. We are one body, and it is beautiful, and we have many parts. But what do we do with that? Like, how do we do it? So get ready. This is how we lean into our gifts. it. <laughs> like, you just have to do it. Um, you lean into your gifts and your desires. Who does your heart break for? That's where you start. Who do you see? Talk to them. Who's hurting? Help them. 
I know it's hard often when you yourself are struggling or maybe in pain, but sometimes our greatest impact on others comes out of our very own pain and our very own struggle and our ability to be vulnerable and honest with where we're at. Pain and struggle does not limit you to impacting the kingdom and engaging into the kingdom. It actually may give you more depth and the ability to engage with others who are also hurting. And let me take it a step further. If you have a need or see a need, and you've thought to yourself, man, new community, or maybe you've been frustrated, like, new community doesn't do this well. New community needs this. New community needs that. Maybe you are the one to meet that need and to start that need, because I know that if you feel a need, you're not the only one here who feels it. Maybe that is on your heart for a reason, and I'm going to challenge you with that, and that's not a guilty thing. That's just a real thing. Um, it's really hard when people say, hey, I wish New Community did this. I wish New Community did that. I don't want to do it, though, <laughs> but it'd be great if somebody else did it for me. I will walk by you all the time because I know we are 100%. We can't do everything, but I will walk by you and do this and support you and walk with you in this. So if there is a need that you have seen that we need to meet, do it. We want that to happen. That is how we make the body. We each do our part to make the whole. We each do our part to love each other well and to love others well. In Romans 12, it talks about how to love others, in a sense, how to be the body. I just picked out a few of the ways uh, that, that it tells us how to love others. It says, and think about this, while you're leaning into your gifts, while you're leaning into where your heart breaks, let your love be genu genuine. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. The list goes on because there's not one right way to love others and to engage with others and to be active with others. But what does Romans basically says, say? It says, look for needs and meet them. If you have a heart that for people who struggle with mental health, I can almost guarantee you are gonna, your eyes will be open and you'll see more people who struggle with mental health. If you, um, maybe you're somebody who is going to notice the young, warm, worn out mom while someone else notices a person who's hungry. None of these is better than the other. The point is we all play our part. We all need to do our role. And when we engage and interlock our gears, a beautiful space is created where people experience Jesus through our love. And I think that is incredibly beautiful. So rejoice with people, weep with people, show honor, hospitality, and peace. Stand in solidarity with others. Love others. Now at this point, I am the person who's in charge of small groups and engagement and volunteers. So you're probably thinking, okay, here it comes. Here's the big ask. She's going to hand around the clipboards. This is going to be neat. I'm going to guilt you in. Here's how many people we need for this. But I, there's much money we need. I mean, <laughs> I, could, I could do it, guys, but I'm not going to do that. Um, 
And I'm really not, because that is not my main goal here. Our goal has never been to just push new community. It has been to push the kingdom wherever we're at. Um, my hope today is that you will be reminded that you, that you have something to offer this community and all the other communities that you are a part of. God has gifted you in unique ways. And my hope is that you lean into them and share them. That you won't wait for somebody else to meet your needs or to engage with you, but that you will actively engage with others and meet others' needs. Ephesians 2.10 says that if that for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. We are absolutely meant to be active in doing and engaging and leaning into the works that God has put in front of us, engaging with others. And one of the things that I do love about my role is I love walking with somebody and helping them figure out what they're passionate for and watching them plug into that and watching them come to life when they do that or watching somebody who is incredibly uncomfortable with a specific community but is willing to just take a risk and jump in and watching them come alive as they grow and learn and do this. So if you don't know what it is um, that you are excited or passionate about, that is okay. I would love to walk with you and dream with you. Or if you're part of a small group, ask them. Say, what do you see in me? What is something that I am good at or gifted at? Or what have you heard me talk about a lot? Engage with others to learn how to better engage with others. I don't have to do it all. Um, but engaging is absolutely an action. One thing as I've been thinking about this for a while, um, I've been moved by the idea that engaging is not just an action simply with another person, but um, engage, engaging is also an act of loving God. Here's what I mean. In Mark 12, we're going to pull this up on the on the slide. The Pharisees and scribes throughout Mark 12 are trying to trap Jesus in a theological trap and make him say something that is wrong or inappropriate. They've asked him about things like resurrection and taxes, and now someone has another question for Jesus. And here's what it says. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Notice that the scribe asked for which commandment, which one is most important. But as Jesus does, he doesn't answer that. He answers in a different way, and he answers with two. In 1 John, I'm going to come back to this in just a second, but in 1 John 4.19, it says, We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must love his brother. So these two ideas of loving God and loving others seem to be very deeply related and connected. Love God, love others. And for too long, if you've heard me talk before, this is like a common theme in my Christian life. Um, for too long, I've approached this with the mindset that if you love God, 
you have to love others because that's what you're supposed to do. And there's like this level of fear and anxiety that has come with it and obligation. Because if I don't love others well and if I don't do it, then I must not really love God. It's a must. It's a rule. And then I'm walking around guiltily trying to love others out of obligation. And that is exhausting. <laughs> and it doesn't work very well. And I'm not very good at that. And then you burn out and then you're done. Um, I always felt like I never did enough when I was in this mindset. And you might be like, hey, Julie, you literally just told us to do these things. And yes, I did, because it is an action and it is important and it is vital. But loving others is so much bigger than an obligation or a rule to follow, or even just so much more than something we're simply supposed to do. What I've been learning is that engaging with or loving others is not simply a response to loving God, which it is. I've heard that a lot over my life. You love God, and then out of that, it's this overflow of loving others. And it is that, and that's beautiful. And loving others is actually what it means to love God. It's not about proving our love to God, but when we are loving others, we are actually in the act of loving God. It's a small shift, but for me, it was really big. In the same way that if you write a love note or an encouraging letter to someone you love, you are in the act of loving them, right? You're not proving your love to them, but you are showing them and you are in the act of loving them. This realization <laughs> changed something to me. It's like when we're loving others, we are writing a love letter to God. A rule is something to do in order to do what is right. But when I engage in the act of loving God through loving another human, the experience is much more meaningful, much deeper, and a time of growth. Because let's be honest, sometimes loving other people is really hard. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I was expecting at least a few head nods, but I'm going to cut the rest of this out because it's just me. Um, no, it absolutely is hard. And if I look at it as an obligation and something that I need to do, it makes it even harder and it's not even true or genuine. But if I approach another human, if I approach another being and I'm approaching it with this mindset that this is actually an act of loving God by loving this person, it changes it for me and it is deeper and it is more meaningful and I actually do it a lot better in all honesty because it moves me from what I should be doing into entering into a new posture. Because not only is engagement in action and an act of loving God, but we're gonna close this time by talking about the, the idea that engagement is also a posture. If you ever go to our website, which Melanie's gonna pull up here, you can go to a page. If you haven't been to our website, you should. Brooke has done a phenomenal job with this thing and it has a lot of great stuff on it. But if you go to it, it will have together, engage, become, if you scroll through it, and it gives these little definitions and things that, what these things mean to us. Under engage, it says this, to be present and open, to seeing God in each other, and to be actively participating in the community as it, <clears throat> to be actively participating in the community is at the center of what it means for us to engage. We aspire to be a people that love well in the heart of the city. Engaging, yes, it is, an act, it is an action. It talks about it being an action in there. It says to be participating in the community, but it is also a posture because engaging is external and it's internal. Our definition defines 
it by saying that we are present and open to seeing God in other people. And what does this mean? It means that we open our eyes and that we see the need. It means that we turn and we actually see the person next to us and recognize it. It means that we're open to interruptions. As I was working on this talk this weekend, every time that I work on a talk, I like am faced with what I'm talking about. And I'm, I'm, I was actually at the building this weekend and I was here working on it and I just finished talking about how it, or writing that it is important to be open to interruptions. And I walk out the door and I'm in a hurry to go get my kids and immediately I'm interrupted by somebody who needs something. And I was like, okay, I have to do this. <laughs> but it was like this moment of like, I, yes, I do need to be open to interruptions. I need to have this posture of, of engagement. It means that we get off of our phones and we seek to be fully present with the person sitting in front of us. It means that when we're worshiping through song, we allow ourselves to be fully present in the moment. It means that we stop halfway listening to each other and start truly listening to those around you. Having a posture of engagement is committing to the other people around you, looking for other people's needs, recognizing someone else's situation, asking questions, loving all people, listening to the spirit, leaning into tension, welcoming everyone. It's a posture of turning your heart and attention towards God and what God is doing in that moment and then fully entering into that moment. Whether that's taking communion, whether it's studying with friends, whether it's teaching a college class, walking with your kid to school. If we change our posture to have a spirit and posture of engagement, it takes a perspective, it changes the perspective on things and things that were once mundane become this beautiful, glorious time with the Lord. So here's our hope. Our hope here is a few things. It's that you will leave here practicing a posture of engagement, that you will walk to that picnic, engaging with others and not just the people that you know and love, but taking a risk and reaching out to somebody who's alone. Um, it's opening our eyes, it's seeing it, and then actually doing it. Entering fully into whatever or whoever God has put in front of you. So as you go out this week, here are a couple questions for you and for your small groups to have. One, what does it mean for you personally to engage in this community? What does that look like? And even take that a step further, what does that mean for you to engage in any of the communities that you're in? But also, what does it mean for you to engage in new communities community? Two, have you been waiting for one of your needs to be met by the community that maybe you need to be the one to meet that need for others instead. I've heard, um, I've heard of a lot of, I've heard of a lot of needs that have risen up over the years, and they're really beautiful needs. And we, I can't do them all, um, nor would you want me to do to meet all those needs. I can guarantee that I wouldn't do good at everything. But you guys, we can. So I'd be curious of that. Number three, what does it mean? To you to live each day in a posture of engagement? How do you actually practice this? For I would challenge you to acknowledge the gifts you see in someone else. Maybe thank somebody who is engaged in your life and impacted you. Actually write something to them, text them, write them a note, thank them. Um, there's something that beautiful that happens when you acknowledge something in somebody else and the life that comes from that. Number five, what is one thing that you'll do different in regards to engagement? 
one thing that you will actively practice this week. Because we can come here and I can talk about it and it's great and then we walk out and we're like, cool, that was great, I'm gonna engage. But actually take some time to think about it and make a change and do something different than you did last week. So as we close our time, if you guys will stand with me, I want to read a benediction. That's what it says. New community, Lord of all hopefulness, may the Lord of all hopefulness awaken us. May the Lord of all hospitality awaken us. May the Lord of all freedom awaken us. May the Lord of all peace awaken us. May we engage in the people around us with grace. May you come to feel the Spirit's presence as you love and serve those who Christ brings you into contact with. And may you include everyone in the love of Jesus Christ. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.